and welcome to another episode of M's View. Yes, the podcast where we try to talk about stuff that people really do not want to talk about or really want to talk about, but then they just want to shy away from it. By the way, remember, you can always keep in touch uh, on Facebook, on Twitter, as well as Instagram, uh, all this M's View um, as a handle. And then, yeah, let us know what you think, what you think. And also you can always find us on any of your, of your podcast platforms. So it's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, uh, Google Podcasts. So it's just M's View. Search it, run a search and subscribe so that way you'll get notified of any of any upcoming episodes and that way you will not miss any other episodes. Okay. And today, uh, joining me, by the way, in the studio, I have two lovely guests. I've been dying to have this conversation and dying to talk to them about this. It's taken us a while to get here, right? But um, I'm very, very thankful I have them finally. And we're going to be talking about, but before I actually introduce them, we're going to be talking about men and mental health. I now know it's, and people think it's a buzzword. Well, people are using it as a buzzword, mental health as a buzzword. But I think right now we're coming to the realization that men are largely left out of the conversation and the discourse of, of mental health. And we're going to talk about that. And joining me in the studio today, I have Dr. Miche Guang, who is a father man of God, and as he likes to put it, a man living a full life and about to go into his halftime, right? And also joining me is the lovely Leona Buhenzire, who's a clinical psychologist, a mother and woman extraordinaire. Thank you. <laughs> Hi, guys. How are you? Hey. Hi. Ah. Can the best just go? <laughs> Can you just try? Let me, just... My, let me clean my voice. Eh. Ah. <laughs> Hi. Does that sound better? <laughs> tries, tries, tries. Guys, thank you so much for coming and taking this invitation. Now, um, in terms of, um, I already said we're going to be talking about men and mental health. And so, but what does that mean? And and, and I'll start with you, to, uh, Tura, Leona, right? Let's call you Tura for this particular conversation or Leona. Let's do Leona, actually. Yes, let's use Leona. Okay. So, Leona, what is mental health? Hmm. Mental health can be described in so many ways but so mental health is your cognitive and behavior and this is how you think mm -hmm. and how you behave and how you act mm -hmm. really how you think influences how you behave which then influences how you act okay that's mental health okay um, and um, in terms of now men's mental health, yes, right. What does that look like in terms of mental health for men? Well, I don't think that I would describe it differently because mental health is mental health. Mm -hmm. But if we are to really think about what the definition is and that who we really are is mm -hmm. is is um, a result of our perception, our thoughts. Mm -hmm. Uh, so then men's mental health and how their, uh, uh, how their thoughts are aligned, um, given what the world expects of them and what they're taught as little boys or what did really the expectations on men, mm -hmm. which incre um, uh, influences how their thought patterns are. Mm -hmm. So that's what it is. That's what it sounds like to me. That's mm -hmm. where we differ. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. And Mitch, do you think men are in crisis as far as mental health is concerned? Do you think there's a crisis specifically for African men, specifically for Ugandan men? Do you think there is an issue there? Can I be honest and I'll tell you that we will never know. And, and the reason is because of the stigma around mental health. Mm -hmm. You see, there's a stereotype that, that men don't cry. 
So because mm-hmm. of that, we'll never be able to actually know from a realist, realistic standpoint how many men are struggling with mm-hmm. challenges. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I think if if you break it down, because right now, I, I like the fact that that Tura's or Leona's introduction was was very scientific. Mm-hmm. But if you break it down for me, who is an average Joe on the street? Mm-hmm. Yes, I have a medical background, but you see, as as animals, what we do is that we we perf- our body performs within certain parameters mm-hmm. of normancy. Yeah. You see, physiologically, I have to breathe a certain number of times. My mm-hmm. heartbeat has to be mentally. It's the same thing. My brain has to be behaving and and it has to be devoid of things which stress me. Mm-hmm. Things like anxiety, things like like depression, things like 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 stress, anything which gives me those now you see will be impacting negatively on my my mental well-being. Mm-hmm. But the challenge with us men is that even when we are going through things, we'll never want to tell people that we're going through things. So for me to stand here and say, oh, that we are going through a crisis as, mm-hmm. as men on the continent, I'd be lying because I don't think even if anybody was to do a research, you would get the right statistics. Right. Okay, let's let's go a bit into that. And in terms of also the stigma, right, in terms of discussing the mental health, what is the stigma around it? Is it is it an issue of perception of weakness, perception of incompetence or just men do not know how to express themselves? I think it's more from from upbringing. Okay. Men for the longest time have have always been perceived as being the the the, the alpha sex, yeah. and they the, their responsibilities to take care of not just their significant other but the entire family. Yeah. So if you're going through trouble, and and as a man you start accepting that you're going through trouble, people will perceive that you are significantly weaker than other men who don't don't show weakness. Mm-hmm. However, me, I'll tell you the truth. I, I, I always keep telling people that I'm in touch with my feminine side. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I, I am the type of guy who will say, yes, there's, there's certain things I do like. Mm-hmm. But other guys, nope. In African culture, you are the, the guy who goes into the forest, kills lions, and, and, and brings back antelope, and, <laughs> and you never fall sick, you're never hungry, you're, you always have money. Stereotype, which is really wrong, and it has been passed on from generation to generation. Okay. We have never taught our children that. And mm-hmm. that that's one of the biggest challenges. Like I, I have a son who is seven right now yeah. and a daughter. But one of the things which I learned from the earliest age is that I must teach my children that it's okay to be weak. It's okay to fail. It's okay to have challenges. Because if, if you don't, the day that they do go through problems, mm-hmm. they will suffer silently because perceptually you're not allowed to be weak. You're not allowed to fail. Tell me where in, in class in the years that you went to school that they ever gave you a class and taught you how to deal with failure. But that, that, that and, I, and I think that just goes across the board for, for all genders. To Correct. Honest, right? Yeah. But, okay. but, you, but you see, the burden is heavier on us men because yeah. Yeah. You, you agree with me, Trula, that, that our, our responsibility as, as guys is, yeah. is double that of the women. Because in terms of leadership uh, 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 you know, provision, I'm, I'm going I'm to quote something that Tura said off off the what off the microphone is that you see she wants to look good because she's looking to 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 get a significant other. Not so. Didn't you say you want you're looking for a man? Huh? <laughs> I com- absolutely deny okay. those claims. Yes, let her deny. But the thing is, look, huh? she, the, she uh, me. If I was a lady, I'd be looking for a man to take care of me. You see. Mm-hmm. 
Now, if you're looking for a guy to take care of you, that means that he has to take care of himself plus you, then plus the kids. Mm-hmm. So, and then imagine if you also run your own business, you're running the business too at the same time. Mm-hmm. Then you've got your extended family. Look at all those responsibilities on the shoulders of one mano. Okay, but okay, now, Leona, I'm, I'm posing this to you, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and here is the thing. And in terms of perception of men I might be facing challenges and they are having a hard time with this kind of things. There's always, and I'm one of those women, unfortunately. I yeah. feel like the beast is built for what it's built for. And let me explain that. Yeah. Certain, men are built to handle their lives, yeah. right? Yeah. So where do we draw the line between some men are having a hard time and some men are just bloody weak? Mm-hmm. And they just can't I man think, up. Like, when is it the point where you're like, oh, this is a hard thing. Please go. You need help. Or no, please fucking man up. Life is yeah. hard. Yeah. I think to begin with, the problem is in these terms, like weak. Mm. Weak is part of what compounds the stigma. So instead of teaching your son to be weak, instead of teaching my son to be weak, I'd teach him to be vulnerable. Right. There's a difference between weakness and vulnerable. And I feel like a lot of, you know, the yeah. 2022, we're also walk and yeah. everything. Yeah. And it's just yeah. like, okay, yeah. be weak. No, you won't make it in the world if you're weak. You have to work hard. You have these certain things mm-hmm. that you have to have to do. However, while you do those things, we are in a world that absolutely does not allow for men to be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. A lot of women are married to men. I mean, men go through the same mental um troubles that women go through it's just it just looks a little differently yeah, but they go yeah. through depression one of the mitch was saying there is no way to tell the known statistics um for men's mental health and he's right however if we were to, we were to go by um uh, the number of say patients in mental health facilities uh, it's predominantly male if we're to go to through if we use the number of suicides worldwide 70% of suicides are male mm. Yeah, you know, and true. why is that? A lot of that has to do with this stigma. Mm-hmm. It has a lot to do with that stigma. And so the real things like, how can we lift the stigma? How can we pre- create a platform where men are not considered incompetent for being vulnerable, where they are allowed to, to do life like the rest of us? You know, where they don't have to just resort to, you know, uh, uh, alcohol and, and aggression and just to deal with what's going on internally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and, and, and you're bringing up a couple of things, and I want to touch on, this, on these things. In terms of the stigma, right, let's first go back to what does it look like for mm-hmm. a man to be in crisis? Because I, th- I think we need to understand mm-hmm. what, because us women, we're expressive, right? Yeah. And we tend to... When we need help, we cry for help. And quickly people recognize what that is. Yeah. But what does a man look like in crisis? And that's the image. One, um, I'll, I'll give you a personal example. Mm-hmm. You know, I think two years ago, the world was 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 flipped on, on its head. Mm-hmm. And nobody could could ever have foreseen COVID. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'll, I'll give you a classic example. We, we run a marketing firm in East Africa and, and a client had asked us to do a SWOT analysis and a PESTEL analysis. Mm-hmm. And, and what you do is that you also do risk assessments of all the things that could go wrong with the business as you're planning. Yeah. And we did everything. Environmental, we talked about financial, we talked about budgets, about the, about the, about, about human resource, but 
little did anybody know that it would be biological. Yes. That, that, that would actually cause the entire mm. world now to press Stand control, still. alt, and delete. <laughs> mm. Now, true. because of that, what happened is a lot of us now who are working in the service sector where there's always a need for customer interface, yeah. because of the fact that we could not move anymore and we were stuck in our homes, and I'll have you know that I think I lost probably three or four extremely close individuals of my workspaces, of my friendship circles and, and, and compadres. What this did is that it helped us probably just to question where we were. Our decisions from, from a health standpoint, a slight cough, the, the amount of time you spend with your family, you know, mm-hmm. all sorts of things. Now, what were the things which started happening? Number one, people started sleeping less. I remember there were nights I'd lie in bed and, I, and, I, and I'd, I'd wonder if I'd wake up the next morning because I actually got COVID twice. Oh. First time, yes. The first time it was okay. The second time I was down for three, three total weeks. And because of that, you see, I was blessed not to have had um, uh, pulmon- pulmonary complications, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but I had so much fever. Um, I had a cough which was persistent. Mm-hmm. The, the, I, I was out of breath. I, I, I lost my appetite. My, mm. my tongue was a problem. So one, there was fear, okay. total anxiety. Mm-hmm. You, you, people were scared of hanging around you. My kids were away from me for a period of two months. Mm-hmm. There was an aspect of loneliness. Mm. So mm. one, you didn't know. You, you didn't know the future. There was there was there was, there was so much. There was, I, I think it, it was, I went through a pseudo depression stage. Pseudo or depression? I, I didn't. I don't want to call it depression because I, I think depression and and sure would will weigh in on this, but I think I, I, it'd probably have to be for an, an, an extended period. But this was like two two to three weeks whereby I was questioning my purpose even on earth and, yeah. and asking God, okay, so have I achieved everything I'm supposed to achieve on this earth? Do, is this my time? So you, you question every single breath you you're taking. Um, your friends are scared of being around you. And you see, these are the things which happen. And this was just about COVID. Mm-hmm. Now, imagine people who are going through period of... of now, I was, I, was, I was blessed that I, I had some money by then. So mm-hmm. cash wasn't a challenge. But what about the people who lost their jobs? jobs. What about Men. the people who couldn't feed their families? Mm-hmm. Because you see, what was happening is that there was a compounding of what COVID could do. Mm-hmm. You see that? Mm-hmm. So, Trura, you, you, I, I don't know if you can weigh in on this one, but, but I lose my job. I don't have money. I'm sick. Um, I'm lonely. I'm anxious. Those are all the things that I'm going through. Mm-hmm. Now, you tell me that I am mentally well. Definitely not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so what do you expect from a guy? So those are the things. So even if you remove COVID from the equation, yeah. men go through those challenges. Yeah. Imagine if yeah. you do lose your job mm-hmm. and you can't take care of your family. Mm-hmm. Imagine if you do, if you are unwell. Mm-hmm. Imagine if there are, because I'll give you an example, three or four guys who have been in relationships for 10, 15 years, then all of a sudden you break up with your significant other. And, and okay, I, don't, I, want to inter- I want to interject there and I don't want to interrupt. I think we underestimate many times and we think that relationships breaking up and divorces only hurt women. Oh. Apparently, oh, no. I've oh, seen no. men break down. 
and oh, I'm no. like, and, and you know, and we think the loss is only felt by the woman. Mm-hmm. It's felt by both parties. Of course it's felt by both. And of course it, uh, have you ever been uh, married just, to her? Just to, I was going to say thankfully not, but. <laughs> <laughs> Shots fired. Shots fired. Uh, I would like to just withdraw that statement and say no. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. um, just to answer your question before, um, for me, the signs that a man might be in distress. In distress is irritability, first okay. of all. Okay. I think when people think about mental health, they think about a naked man running on the street looking dirty. That is not it, mm-hmm. right? So one of the signs of, of distress. distress in a man, I would say um, irritability, mm-hmm. um, aggression, mm-hmm. just restlessness, okay. um, lack of sleep, uh, mm-hmm. isolation, Ah, men right. isolate themselves. Yeah, Isolation. Yes, actually, actually, we do. We, 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 we retract, we withdraw. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Okay. And, yes. And to add to what she said, you see, another thing is when you find that you are actually stressed or distressed, you, you will now turn to something else. Yes. And, and that's when substance Because there's abuse, no option yes, to be no, vulnerable. That's right. Yeah. That's when you see people drinking more, okay. drinking yes, more, smoking, yeah. doing drugs. And when okay. shit hits the fan, suicide. Hence the 70% uh, yeah. suicide rates being male, mm-hmm. right? When mm-hmm. shit really hits the fan, nobody is really going to hold the space for a man, or so they perceive because of the environment that we've grown in. Right. Mm-hmm. So if if you know you're in COVID, the mental health crisis was just really heightened during COVID yes. because, as yeah. Dr. Mitch was saying, you lose your job, you have four kids, you have a wife, you have for some people even the wife's family and their own families, they're all looking at you. Yeah. You have yeah. no idea how to tell these people that what you're dealing with because genuinely they probably won't understand. Yeah. Or your perception is that they won't understand. But first things first, there is not nothing for you to provide. Right. Yeah. And yeah. so you try and dr- if you have a f- some money left, it can't really solve much. You drink. You try, you know, you self-destruct. Mm-hmm. And then if things really fail, maybe your wife leaves, you, you're losing your kids, you're losing your company that you've invested so much in, suicide. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I, I think, I think um, just to add to what Tura said, the, the truth also ha- comes out quite a bit when, when you're a man and everything is not working, mm-hmm. we actually start worrying more. It doesn't make sense, but you you know what to, what to worry is is that you're sitting there and instead of thinking about the good things in life, taking your kids out, but you you start doing a lot of scenario planning in your head. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. And this is not positive scenario planning. It's, yeah. Worst it's case scenario. Worst case scenarios. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And 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 that happens quite a bit. Mm-hmm. And I'll, I'll tell you that this is from a personal standpoint, and even from guys who who went through COVID, you. And even outside of COVID, I have, I have buddies of mine who, whose businesses have collapsed. And this is yeah. out, out yeah. 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 And yeah. You, you, you keep scratching your head and saying, yeah. okay, how will people perceive me? And you see there's, there's, there's something, I think I read, um, I don't know if you guys have heard about something called culturescape, whereby society sets certain standards of expe- minimum levels of expectation for mm-hmm. each of us yes yes a- yeah. as a man you should have mm-hmm. a job a house a wife yeah. kids provide be, and protect provide protect be, be a guide etc cetera, etc cetera. 
if if you don't have this, awesome. you are perceived as being a failure. Yeah, yeah. And perceptually, we as men, we we don't like it when people perceive us yeah. as not being yeah. the man, competent, yeah. competent. So I think that those are those are some of the the what we call the symptoms or mm-hmm. or the signs. Let me ask a question, and and we'll start with you and Leon on this one. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, recently, and and literally solidly for the last ten years in Uganda, in, t- in terms of alcohol consumption, mm-hmm. we've always been in the top ten. And mm-hmm. recently, we went to I think number two, number three. Mm-hmm. Um, is alcohol a problem for us in? The, in a sense that it is our alcohol consumption. Is it a sign of a deeper issue or are we just happy-go-lucky hedonistic people? Because I think there's a part of us where Ugandans, we like to party. And that's a general thing. Like we are, we are, uh, we are pleasure-seeking people. We like mm. to indulge. Mm. But now that our numbers are constantly high in terms of alcohol consumption, could there be a beast lying underneath thinking that I think maybe there's I th- a little more there? I think the amount of alcohol we consume and and statistically all the countries that consume that amount of alcohol incidentally happen to mostly be third world countries. Uh, why isn't the most alcohol consumed in the world in Las Vegas where everybody's going to live their best life? Sin City. Right? That's Sin City. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you're to go by yeah. what, what, why, what you're saying that we are happy-go-lucky people, mm-hmm. this is where people go to be happy-go-lucky. Right? Yeah. Why isn't the most alcohol consumed there? I think that in some of these countries it's a coping mechanism actually. Okay. Right? But because everybody does it, we just, we always you know as again like dr Mitchell was saying we are mammals we have very strong survival instincts mm-hmm, right mm-hmm. we can really get a monster and make it look good right yeah like a lot of us celebrate the fact that we consume the most alcohol in the world and it's a thing and then it just protects uh, you from yeah. being from uh, an dealing. alcoholic or you know there's a point i was drinking way too much and i knew i was drinking way too much but i can assure you that i had many more friends who are drinking way, way more, more. Oh, okay. okay. It took me going to another country and sitting with other people to realize (laughs) that it's out of work. This is out of order. (laughs) Guys are going home. I'm just getting started. I'm like, what? You know? No. It's dysfunctional. True to what Tura said, um, I have you know that statistically during COVID, a lot of people thought that because there was a lockdown, that there was going to be a dip in alcohol consumption numbers. But what happened is that it actually went up for both, you know, both of the big players in the market because of the fact that they had to come up with digital solutions for supply and demand. <laughs> they found out that there was actually a spike in consumption yeah, because yeah. now people were very happy mm. and they were buying direct from the producers, mm. delivering in crates mm. at their home. Mm. People were very happy. But I, I think, again, also let's understand that we Ugandans are a, are, are a quagmire. We, we're an enigma to statistics because we drink <laughs> when we are happy, but we also drink <laughs> when we are stressed. Yeah, so yeah. now, what are you going to attribute to this? It's because we are not taught how to regulate our emotions, mm. right? We're completely, any any spike, like, we, like you were saying, in schools, nobody taught us, let alone men. You know, if Melanie is dealing with something, she might have, she has friends who can hold space for her. She has family who can hold space for her. She's also much more uh, susceptible, even biologically, to being uh, vulnerable. 
yes. and, and expressing yes. that. Yes. Uh, men don't. And on top of that, families, uh, behavior is learned between the age of zero to seven. Right. Well, by behavior, I mean what we know of ourselves and what we know of the world, the idea we have of the world Mm -hmm. and how it works. Mm -hmm. That is really learned in that time space. Now, most of us, given our African parents, uh, and it's not that they sit you down and they're like, now you, Dr. Miche, (laughs) as soon as you graduate, you must work inside MTN. No, you learn from them. You learn their manners. You You learn how to go about life. You learn coping mechanisms. Right. Which one of our parents had real coping mechanisms? You sweep under the rug. A man, something happens. If if he loses his father, guma. Hey, Melanie here, and you're listening to the M's View podcast. Now, a new episode drops every other Wednesday. So that's twice every month on Wednesdays. Look out for a new episode and let us know what you think. Have a good one. Cheers. You bring a really, really good point. And let's talk about the idea. And especially now, we're talking about men and grown men issues. But Mm. there is the boy child, right? Mm. And the reason as to why men are struggling now is Mm. in their formative years. Yes. Mm -hmm. Things were not dealt with. No, I think think Tura mentioned it. You've also just highlighted that they're what they call formative stages. Yeah. Conditioning. Yes. Conditioning happens, but let's remember that there's not only one formative stage. There are yes. different formative stages. And yes. mm-hmm. the point at which you engage, is it going to be during my early years? Is it my pre-teens or is it my pre-adolescent stage whereby information is given to me? Right. Now, as men, just like Tura mentioned, there is a lack of a structure in our homes. You, you notice mm-hmm. that before women get married... There's supposed to be a Senga story where you sit mm. down and you're taught how to be a good wife. Yeah. Now, don't for you men, have a stag party? Really? You think it's you, a stag party? We don't know what happens, what happens there. What happens there? We thought you're getting good advice. Nothing that prepares us. By the way, Tura, I'll put this on record. I never had a stag party. So if any of you guys wants to throw me one, me, I'm very happy. Wow. You can do that Wow. But back to the issue. Yeah. There's no structure. Mm-hmm. As men, I, I have no idea. I've never understood. Mm-hmm. And growing up in churches, okay, and this, mm-hmm. this, this has been a very interesting thing. Mm-hmm. In churches, they've realized that there's, there's been a need for mentorship. Mm-hmm. of young boys yes. because mm-hmm. the fathers at home they assume that after i've put a roof over your head clothes on your back sent you to school yeah. and fed you that's enough that's it operation done deal basically bare minimum that no, no that's what they call you know those are the sops yeah. <laughs> standard operating procedures nothing more yes however now we understand that as men the boys need software. That hardware mm. which you've mm. given them yeah. will, yes, have the structure of, of the computer system, but it cannot run unless you have software. Mm-hmm. And nobody gives them software. That's so, powerful. So as guys, you, yeah. you go out and you're running on on Windows 1, which operating system has not been updated in I don't know how many yeah. years. Yeah. So we look for for support in, in all sorts of different places and we will not find it. Mm-hmm. And that's why you find us crashing now. So, ah, okay. so I, I think you asked an interesting question. What can we do to create systems and structures which we can now run back to to be able to help us in times of need. Because mm-hmm. if I was to ask you right now, um, I am I'm 
living an okay life. I'm about to hit half time. Mm-hmm. What's half time? Uh, half time is is what we call you give know the, the number. <laughs> give the number. Yeah, you, Don't you, be shy. You, you, you are talking badly. No? <laughs> okay, I, I know I look thirty, but I'm 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 almost about to hit fifty in a couple of years. Huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah, in a couple I, but, of years. Okay, okay, in three years. Okay, couple plus one. <laughs> but but. Mm-hmm. You ask me now. I walk out of here. Yeah. On the outside, I'm smiling. I'm bubbly. I've been part of this discussion. Yeah. But imagine I'm struggling with stuff. Mm. Yeah. Where do I go? Tura, where do I go? Melanie, where do I go right now? Tell me. Yeah. Who do I go to talk to? Yeah. Because first of all, I go and talk to my friends. They'll laugh at me. Yeah. Mm. Jama, they'll call me a wuss. Nigga, you're not farm. <laughs> Dude, you're not a farm chap. You, you can't ha- or for lack of a better word, nigga, you can't handle your shit. Yeah. So yeah. you you tell me where do I go? Mm-hmm. The, yeah. the the only place where I tell you men now are, are finding solace is is in church. A or in will, the bar. Uh, or in the bar. But but the bar won't give you solace. Yeah. That's 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 yeah. uh, Mm. But, but misery loves company. That's so. it. Okay, mm. two bottles is, is company, but <laughs> that's the only place. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Tell me where you want me to go now, Melanie. Tell me a solution, place. And you know what? I, and I wanted to come to that place because um, in the idea, and you're saying, and it's interesting because when you say churches, I see there's a real move around, and it's not the traditional churches per se, it's <laughs> the evangelical types, Yeah. right? Mm. There's been a whole move about mentorship. They've been keen on mentorship, and I now see a real, real drive. For a couple of years, there's been a real drive to actually look after the men, right? Yes. Because there's such a thing as, and it's true, when you because when you were talking about that, I was like, yeah, you know, it's true. A lot of attention is given to give, inadvertently or intentionally to women to teach us how to woman, you know, how to just, but people are not teaching men to man. Like, like what does that look like? What does leadership look like? What does finance, what do finances look like? What does vulnerability look like? And why is it useful? Right. Yeah. I feel like no one has been t- is telling men that vulnerability can be useful, right? It yes, can, it yes. is a tool. Yes. It is your way to get help. It's yes. your way to identify where you get help from. Yeah. So I find that um, there is that whole understanding. And even now that we are waking to the to the reality of it and, and it comes to this point, where do men get the help from? Like mm. now, for instance, I, again, in our African setting, now for, uh, for you, Leona, you are a clinical psychologist, right? Mm. But how many people are coming to you asking, like, say, like saying, okay, you know, I need to see a therapist, and that's yeah. therapy. Is that yeah. a thing right now? Uh, how are we? It's 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 a thing right now. Um, so, just maybe five years ago, and this again goes back to stigma, mm-hmm. and how powerful it is for us to have conversations like this, mm-hmm. because they help to create awareness. And when you create awareness, stigma is lifted. Mm-hmm. HIV was this way just a few yeah, years ago yeah, it yeah. was a death sentence yeah. because of the stigma it was just shrouded in stigma mm-hmm. so you get hiv you're sent to the village right and then the stigma started being lifted people started to come out and say you know i'm hiv positive the feel bongo de lutai and and yes, the like yeah. and what really happens is that then companies come out and they and they sponsor research and medication is discovered and now hiv is not a death sentence mm-hmm. anymore mm-hmm. people live full lives get married have children work mm-hmm. vacation whatever you want to yeah. say yeah. right yeah. they live full lives that's the power of lifting stigma and that's the power of awareness so the reason why a man does not know where to go again is because 
has a lot to do with the stigma, mm-hmm. right? There is mm-hmm. so many professionals that you can go to. And you know what? Can right? you can you mention some off the top of your head? Because I feel like, and do you know what? Yeah. Uh, recently, I had a friend who was trying to get help, yeah. and someone recommended. Um, recommended them to go and see a therapist at Butavika mm. and his mm. first reaction was ah that's for mad people i was like no 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 boss see that is a mental health center yeah that is where people get help from not just people it's not like throwing you to the loony it's, it's, bin again lack of understanding mental yeah. health is not mental illness it's like physical illness is difficult different from feeling unwell mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. if you have chronic stress that is not a mental illness but chronic stress can lead you to depression which is mental illness right i I think tura is correct however i think the packaging is also quite important because you see by the time you recommended that you go to butabika Mm -hmm. you know butabika already has has Ah, a brand associated with it and i'll have you know let me give you two classic examples Mm -hmm. I think it was um, three years after university. Yeah. One of the most beautiful girls from our year. Amazing talent. She's She had a lot of potential. Now, what happened with her is that she got into a relationship with a guy and they, 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 they had a relationship for five, six, seven years or so. Then something happened and they, you know, during relationships, you're, you, you let yourself go and you do all sorts of wild things. You take videos and stuff, huh? Now, fast forward to a couple of years later, they, that um, she, she was actually deciding that she wants to, to break off the relationship. She started a relationship with somebody else. Yeah, yeah. So when she did, um, she's got another relationship with this is another guy. Yeah. This is, this is, the other one was X, this one is Y. Yeah. A couple of years later, they start and she's having her introduction ceremony. Mm-hmm. Now, guy X, because he had been spited, he was not happy, so he decides to release onto online videos of her, of her and him, wow. and put it on on a, an explicit website. So now this mm. chick here, what happens is she's there two, three days before the introduction ceremony. People from another country in Australia send back to the family and said, "Isn't this the chick that you're going to get married to?" Now, what happens? stress, anxiety, depression. Yeah. She wasn't talking to anybody. Her entire life had been thrown, you know, on its head. She didn't know where to go. Long story short, she commits suicide. This is less than a week. In less than a week. Less than a week to her wedding. Now, the, 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 the... when when you yeah. you don't know where to turn to, this then, is the kind of yes, stuff that, that happens. Yes. Huh? Yeah. Let me answer that question, Mitch, that because I think it's very important that people know that there are places to go. Yeah. And yeah. I think the real question is for us to have this um, conversation about you know, us as human beings and how to hold space for men to be able to be vulnerable because it's incredibly difficult for them. But while that is as is, there are professionals that you can go to right there are you can 
literally walk to Nakasero Hospital and ask for the psychiatric department. Although that is for mental illness, uh, you can be that extreme, right? Mm -hmm. But that's medical, right? Mm -hmm. There's clinical psychologists. Mm -hmm. There is counselors. I'm a professional psychotherapist. I have a company. It has 12 psychotherapists. We sign confidentiality clauses. There is nothing that is shared and after that's that. That's an important bit. Right. Let's get to there because and I was wanting, I wanted to ask because us, you know, Africans generally we yeah. don't want our stuff going out there. Yes. We don't talk about, and we yes. and Ugandans we are very Africans. Yeah. We are very about public perception, and yes. the fear is always, especially for men, mm. that the stuff that they say to people will leak, will get out of those four walls of confinement. So what, are there any uh, assurances? And you said you, you sign confidentially. Absolutely. Are there, okay, so that's There's good to know. There's ethical codes that we follow. Yeah, but it, would there be, and that, but that's the thing. Now, people are thinking, and especially that it's relatively new, especially the idea, well, when I say relatively new, what I mean in terms of exposure to clinical psychology and those kind of yeah. things in Uganda. Yeah. But how do men or people generally get uh or how are they reassured yeah. that their stuff that they say stays how are you reassured when you go to a lawyer that your stuff stays okay okay how are you reassured it's the same way we mm -hmm. sign a confidentiality clause okay. and then we get into it mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. but uh what i really wanted to really talk about mm -hmm. is how to hold space mm -hmm. for men so that they can actually know that it is okay to be vulnerable, so that they can be vulnerable enough to explore, to be seen and heard. That's a core and that's, basic human need. So are we, are we asking the question, and, and this is something that where we're saying you can, and, and I can say this, like mothers, um, sisters, uh, lovers, wives, yeah. uh, children, how do we create yeah. a space enough for men to just be. Can I can Dr. I Mitchell. can I weigh in on this and, yeah. and, and yeah. say you, you notice how Africa has has been evolving, and um, you'll take a quick quick snapshot of the Western world. Mm -hmm. It's okay for you to be weak and to walk into a psychologist or a psychotherapist's office mm. and 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 have someone talk to you. Yes, mm. it's yes. okay for you to go to church. Mm. and sit there and confess mm. to, to, to the, mm. the man of God. Mm -hmm. yeah. Because you see, perceptually, mm. you are not going to be judged. It's, it's okay. Mm. Mm -hmm. So it's our responsibility. Mm -hmm. And you have no idea the impact of just this, this, this session of yours, this conversation. Right. Mm -hmm. yes. It is contributing to, to us starting the journey to, to tell the yes. entire world that it's okay, actually, yeah. to be weak. It's okay to be vulnerable. I like the yes. word that yeah. you're using. Yeah. It's yes. okay to have challenges that need to be addressed. Mm -hmm. yeah. and, and, and seek I, I, help. To seek help, help for those challenges. Yeah. Yeah. And if we don't start as men to start having this conversation and yes. opening up, yes. there will be this never-ending perception that we must continue hiding them, and yes. that's when we're going to have challenges. Festers. So I think the first step is... First of all, tell the world that it's okay. Mm -hmm. That's it. Mm -hmm. Let's admit that it's okay. Mm -hmm. The next step is create systems and structures within the families. 
even mm. before I have to go for professional help, yeah. Mm. Yeah. can there be a system or a, a process or some sort of structure inside the home mm. where I can be able to go to somebody? And even if it's not yes. your father, if your father sucks yeah. at communication, yeah. Yeah. let it be an uncle. Oh. Yes. Or, and, and in every family, there's that one person you can trust, man. Mm. Yes. I, uh, man, I, I love speaking to Uncle Mitch. Uncle mm-hmm. Mitch is, is, is open and he's never going to tell and my Can stuff. I say that that's usually someone who is also vulnerable who has allowed had the courage yes somebody who has had the courage yeah i'll tell you an example like my my kids um i love giving this example and and they love when we're driving places they said that 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 um tell us stories about how you messed up when you were young and what Mm -hmm. and and what you learned about when you were uh, about what you messed up with so uh, there's a time i learned how to swim when i was 12. Mm-hmm. But I, I grew up in I grew up in Canada, yeah. and uh, in my class there were only two two Africans African or or, or dark skinned guys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So everybody in the class was apart from us two black guys. Mm. So oh, I'm guessing you are the darkest. Keep quiet. No, yeah? <laughs> let us move on. <laughs> Just know that ninety ninety eight no ninety six percent of of African Americans and Africans can't swim. Yes, mm. that's it, the truth. It is. It's yes. true. It's so now, type, yeah. I, I I didn't swim. Mm-hmm. Um, P1, P2 didn't swim. Yeah. Then P3, P4 still couldn't swim. Mm-hmm. So then we moved to another place, and then we went swimming with with some other American kids. I was staying in the in in the in the deep end, but holding on to the wall. Then one mm-hmm. car kid came and pulled me under. I almost swallowed the entire swimming pool. <laughs> so I came out. But I'd, I'd been lying to my parents that I could swim. Uh, so I told yeah. my kids that look. I had to come clean and say, look, if I had been honest enough and told my parents that I couldn't swim, mm-hmm. I would have avoided that episode. Yeah, so I yeah. think it's it's important to understand that you can be vulnerable and you don't know how to do certain things. But mm-hmm. when you tell people, that's when people can help you. Mm-hmm. And my kids are like, hey, yeah, I think that's right. And my yes, kids, I tell yes. you, what, my, my kids now will come to me and say, dad, you know what? I'm sorry something happened. I dropped the glass inside the bathroom. It broke. Um, yeah. it, I didn't do it intentionally, and uh, I cleaned it up. I'm sorry. Yeah. And and I, I was pissed that he he told me. But guess but, what? I was happy that mm, he had mm. learned from the lesson. Yeah. What yeah. can we as men understand from this and take from it is we can also now start sharing this these yeah. moments of vulnerability. Yeah. And, and I come and say, Tura, man, yeah. I have this challenge here. Mm-hmm. What can I do? Yeah. Who can I help? Yeah. So in every single family unit, let's try to find find that one person safe who's spaces, willing, who's people. willing to to be yeah. the the sacrificial lamb. Yeah. With the microphone, I said, let me be the people's idiot. Let mm. me say, let me speak mm. on behalf of people, yeah. so that people yeah. can now can yeah. can gravitate towards me when they have their challenges. Yeah. That's right. And imagine if everybody had the courage to do that, then men would not, you know, just talk about surface politics and weather when they meet up, know, you know, like, right? yes. you know. Oh, 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 oh uh, Arsenal being on top of the mm, premiership, yet mm. deep in their heart, they're at the bottom yeah. of the league. <laughs> suffering in <laughs> yeah. silence. Yeah. There's nothing manly about suffering in silence. You don't get a bad your needs, <laughs> Your needs cannot be met if you've not communicated them. You know, that's a good point. They cannot be met. You have to figure out a way to communicate them. Yeah. If D- Dr. Mitch says, if you can find a safe space to communicate them, yeah. okay, find a safe space to communicate them. Whatever it is that you do, this thing that we learned from our parents of suppressing, mm-hmm. repressing, mm-hmm. whatever you repress does not just go away. Yeah. It just manifests as something else. Maybe anger issues, maybe resentment, maybe depression or worse. There is, right? Yeah. Uh, let me ask a question. Get it out. There Find a way. 
there is this whole thing, and I've spoken to a lot of men, yeah. and I'm like, um, and again, I, maybe I, I had the the uh, good fortune of living in a culture where I saw partners, domestic partners, uh, yeah. lovers, um, couples, mm. really, really confide in each other, right? Yeah. It's not a perfect situation, but yeah. you, these guys, yeah. like you're telling one person one thing, no, the other person knows it, knows yeah. it, because yeah. they're always talking to each other. Like yeah. the whole pillow talk thing was a very, very real thing, right? Yes. Yes. And what ended up happening is that you knew, like I had a couple friends, if yeah. I say one thing, my, the other one knows it in two yeah. minutes. And I'm just like, <laughs> and because they are like always, always talking. Yeah. Now I came back here in Uganda and then I realized that my boys mm. are not talking to their wives. Mm. Like the, and you, I've asked a couple of people, why ah she can't handle ah she won't ah she'll think I'm she'll judge me ah ah she doesn't. But she do you dispute that? Do you dispute that? No, okay. I don't. And Good. I find yeah. that as women we mm. have a problem. Yes, we are compounding these yeah, issues. We have a men. problem, yeah. and we need to own up to it yes. that we do not like our men be, being vulnerable because yes. we see it as weakness. Yes, and I'm like, excuse me, if my man and and that's why I keep on saying I talked to. But one we of my grew brothers. up seeing fathers who are never vulnerable. That's that, our idea of and, a man. We and, have to unlearn that and stuff. And that's true because yeah. one time I was talking to a friend of mine, and she said that she had an issue when her man, her man's father mm. her father-in-law mm. passed away and he cried and she's like ah, i wasn't attracted to him after like, come on what i'm like are you kidding me your man has mm. lost his dad and mm. he is in grief mm. and you're not attracted to him how is it how has this become about you and that. i realized yeah. us women we have a problem and we need to own up and say look yeah. part, we are part of the we are half of the problem. Yes, we are yeah. refusing to create these safe spaces yeah. for men to just be themselves. Like a man yeah. says, look, I'm having issues at work. Yeah. Money is not coming through the way it's supposed to. A man should be able to tell his yeah. most intimate yeah. partner that. Do you, do you know what I'm thinking while you're saying that? Yeah. I'm thinking that's exactly the same as if a man expected you to be 100% beautiful at all times. When you wake up, when you go to sleep, when you're having a bad day, just be stunning. That is a good analogy. No, I, I agree. Right? Yeah, that's you a good know, analogy. You, you know when when Antura was putting down her hair, she hey. said, "I don't want you to fall in love with she me. Let me put down her hair." You. But but you know, Antura, they say that I'm looking a, 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 a woman's very, a woman's true very. beauty can be seen only when she cuts off her hair. So I dare you. <laughs> Dare you to <laughs> shave your head? <laughs> it's a hard pass on that. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. I, and and Leona, do you agree that as women we're part of the problem? We're half of the problem, absolutely. I have found as a therapist that one of the issues that I find that couples really that that draws couples apart is just an inability to have difficult conversations. Right? Mm-hmm. inability to mm-hmm. have difficult conversations and mm-hmm. why why is that a thing because both parties have perceptions of each other mm-hmm. right so if a, ma- a woman expects you to she comes to, at you expecting you to provide 100 percent for her and everybody around her whatever her needs are right this is not something that she has exactly communicated certainly not when you are dating but it's mm-hmm. an ex- expectation now you you're like you've also grown up in a home maybe you, you think okay school fees and rent yeah. uh, you know I'll put a roof over us and I'll pay school fees and uh, you know mm-hmm. that's about it if I do power and whatever okay that's good I mean you, mm-hmm. you, you, yeah. you're doing yeah. what you what you what you think right yeah. mm-hmm. all of these needs are not 
no one is communicating anything, yeah. right? Yeah. So this one expects you to be living 500k on the Kameza. You think it's absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> you yeah. haven't come. So now you come back home you, from work, you're tired, the person is moody. What's going on with you? Or, or, or is there food at home? Did you leave money for food? Where does you think food falls out of the sky? Yeah. Or yeah, I must have also been busy. You think, you know, like, yeah. it's just all, yeah. it's just needs not being met. Yeah. Needs, because people are not even communicating with Do needs. they even know them? Do men even have a space? Have they even gone within? Have they been taught to go within to a point where they even know what their needs are to begin with? Let's talk about that for a bit. I doubt let's it. Talk, let's talk almost. about that. Mitch, what do you think? Because sometimes you, you, I get a sense when I watch men that they don't really know what they need. They think they know what they want. Yeah. They can communicate what they want if they want. But on a need like, level. Like, like, like what are your spiritual yeah, needs? Yeah. What are your physical needs? What are you... Are you have you ever come across? I'm not a judging man? by yourself. Yeah, yeah but like, have you ever come across men and interacting? Okay, like now I'm gonna I'm gonna to put it out there. Yeah. Like there are men I've come across, and they're like, okay, I'm I'm a woman of a certain age. I have lived a full mm-hmm. life, mm-hmm. and you you're getting intimate with a guy, yeah, and you realize that it's not the sex he's really after. He's lonely. He wants company. In fact, he'd be cool with just having dinner and snuggling up in a chair and he'll pass up on the sex because you, you he's know lonely. What? I can't say that for most. I, I, I've, been, I've been quiet for the last couple of minutes because <laughs> I, I, I noticed that the discussion was was moving somewhere but it if you ask yourself uh-huh. basically what you guys have been talking about is is what are the drivers of, of mental unwellness mm-hmm. and your spouse actually can be an initiator or an aggravator yes. of, men, of of mental, mental unwellness. unwellness. That's, yes. that's, okay, that's, an aggravator. Yeah. Yes, an yes. aggravator. An that, aggravator. That's okay. that's the truth. And that's the way to put and, it. Right. And, and people people don't know this. And so you guys, as you, as you were speaking, I was just playing back through my mind. Yeah. And this is exactly what men are not doing. You know how when you're just about to get married, they they send you for couples counseling. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I've had this discussion with so many different couples, and I'll tell you the truth that couples counseling is actually quite superficial. Yes. In what sense? In the sense that they actually don't get into the nitty gritty. Okay. Yes. And what are the nitty gritty? Now, the nitty gritty is, is this mm-hmm. somebody asked, okay, so if I was to get married with somebody, or if I was to, to commit my life with someone, what are the things that I need to be able to discuss with this person? And you found out now. You see, in 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 my other life, you know, I've got my 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 Clark Kent and my Superman lifestyle. Uh, yes. my, my Superman <laughs> lifestyle. I throw on my cape and grab a microphone and I and I host events. Yeah. Okay. Now hosting events, I've done countless weddings mm-hmm. every year. I probably do like fifteen or twenty of them. Yeah. And one of the things I need to do is that I need to get to know the couples intimately to be able to execute a, you know, a memorable engagement. Yeah, yeah. But when I sit down and I ask these guys, so what is it, Tura, what is it, what is it, Mel, that that attracted you to this guy here? And what are the things that you guys are going to do together to make sure that you have a solid relationship that can stand the test of time? Mm -hmm. And these guys here are angas. Mm -hmm. Are they like, I kid you not. 
majority of them are like, oh, he's fun. Oh, mm-hmm. majority, oh, she's nice to hang with. Oh, we drink together. He loves so, me. He, he, exactly. <laughs> no, no. Ex- extremely superficial, very me. ambiguous. But mm. then if you ask them now to detail, mm. give me things that you will do on a daily basis, mm-hmm. okay, to be able to, to, to concretize the relationship, they have nothing. There's a couple that I did. They didn't even. They didn't even have a common sport that they do together. I asked them, "Do you guys read books? Do you guys are you guys part of a social club?" Mm. They had zero issue, zero in aspect common? in common. No it's just places of intersection. Just vibes, and just, inshallah. Just vibes. We, we are good. <laughs> now, mm. now you go back again and ask yourself. So there's there's an assessment that that. That we that I, I pulled off the internet, and this is a story for another day. But I just want to use it to introduce the fact that if you don't, as a man, sit down with your significant other mm-hmm. and establish what are my minimum levels of expectation in the relationship, thank you for everything. Mm-hmm. From do you know I I in my relationship I want you to cook for me, mm-hmm. and I want you to cook mm-hmm. these number of times in my mm-hmm. relationship. Okay. Yes. Yes. I want you to kneel for me because I am that kind of person. I want mm-hmm. you to bring food yes. to the, mm-hmm. I want to provide for you and mm-hmm. I want you to mm-hmm. need that I provide. I want you to give yes. birth to three kids. Okay. I want you to be able to help kids okay. with the homework. You know, mm-hmm. it must be detailed. But okay. guess what? People assume that when I get married, it'll be love, fresh air, and we live happily ever after mm-hmm. with zero definition of what your contribution and my contribution will be. Yes. Okay. It doesn't work like that. Now, when you don't write it down, because now you see, we take so much time. Look at look at what Tura does as a clinical psychologist. Huh? Look at you as a communications expert. Anytime we're doing a project, it's well-defined. Yeah. We mm-hmm. sit down, we do a project initiation document. We sit down, write it. We do, we've, got, we've got an Plan, assessment. Strategy. We, we mm-hmm. strategy. Now, how many people sit down and do the exact same thing for relationships? Mm-hmm. Huh? Ask yourself. Very few to none and they don't sit down and plan their finances. They don't plan their relationship. They don't plan their intimacy. They don't plan what they're going to invest in. You must do the, with the same meticulous nature that you're doing, that your, you're doing work your work. You should also do the same thing in your relationship. But people yes. just think, oh, because Trula is nice. She, she has a nice body. She has a nice smile. I will love her and she will love me. Thank you, baby. Oh, no, no. I, those are just examples. Mm. I, 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 I have compliment. I think Melanie is hot. But you see what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. So as, yeah. as, a, as a guy, it's yeah. the same thing. Yeah. So if you come back again, these are the things you're going to go back home yeah. and things are not working and you're going to start getting stressed. Yes. You're going to start becoming ang- anxious. Mm. You, 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 and you know, people p- p- might not even understand. I never understood anxiety mm. until I had an episode. Mm. What happens like is... An, an, like a panic attack? Panic attack. You know, it, it sounds... No, no, people, I've heard people, I know it's a thing. Do you know what it is? No, no, what happens is you're lying there. Uh I got my first one, I'm lying in bed. Yeah. House is totally empty. Kids had had gone to to stay with, because now you see, I I was married for like close to a decade and a half, separated after like 15 years. Now, for one of the first times, I think it's the first month that I was alone in the house. Yeah. Kids are not there to stress you. You're lying in bed, then all of a sudden, your heart starts beating. Mm. 
out of control. Mm-hmm. Now, when it starts beating out of control, you also start breathing out of control. Yeah. And you and and when you can't control that, what happens is that you start panicking. Yeah. yeah. Ah, okay. What's the first thing you start thinking about? Oh my God, I'm having a heart, heart attack. attack. Yes. And then what happens there is that I'm, the next thing which happens is your life starts flashing in front of your face and then you start saying, Lord, I'm going to die in this house. Do you know what you do? You run. Now at that moment, I'll tell you the truth. Yeah. Imagine me lying in my bed. I was butt naked. Yeah. Run down the stairs. The first thing which is the, open the door, get out of the house. So if I'm going to die, let me die outside the house. These mm. are the things which were going through my head. Mm, mm. So then the moment I get through, then I, I they say, okay, sh- take sharp, deep breaths in and out so that you could try to stabilize. Yeah. 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 It worked. But that was my first encounter with a panic attack and it was not good. Mm-hmm. And what happens is that... That's the, a classic panic attack. It is. Huh? Yes. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Now, you see, the thing is that, and they get you every time you have a trigger. Mm-hmm. And and mm. I started getting triggers more oftenly when 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 covid happened anytime i would hear that a friend of mine whom i know or someone close to me had died it happens again mm-hmm. and you have to start finding there were times i even get it when i'm driving in the car and you start thinking yes. about you see that mm-hmm. so okay. how do you deal with it yeah now that yeah. was that was now mm-hmm. there, there was no place that they had taught us all that you can do mm-hmm. so the first thing you did because I didn't, you know, I, I lived next to Tura for almost 10 years, but I didn't know she was a clinical psychologist. <laughs> so yeah. I, I, I asked her. So what I did is I got, go online and ask, so what do you do? Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. the first thing they said is get a group of people you can talk to. That's the first yes. okay. That's thing. But, but And then after that, but prayer, getting somebody, yes. F- yes. finding, find, yeah. finding yeah. spiritual whatever reinforcement. Yes. Yeah. Because that is what ha- tried to help. Yeah. But uh, apart from that, man, the situations were not good. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Okay. Anyway. Yeah. And, and, and you know what? I, I know this has been like amazing conversation. Thank you for sharing that. By yeah. Well, that's I, mean, really I was listening to that. I was so, like, so, you so know now, what? Wait a second. Yeah, I just want to ask you. So am I more attractive now that, that, that I've, I've talked to you and, and told you my... Vulnerable. My brother, ability. As the owner is running, I was like, excuse me, push. God, God, please. <laughs> I'm, I'm very... Me, no, but I'm really touched, honestly, by the fact that you, you, you know, you, you are the quintessential African... Alpha. Alpha male. Oh, and by the way, it. I lived... <laughs> Melanie, I lived... I was his neighbor for almost 10 years, as he said. And let me tell you, this man wakes up every morning so early and off he goes with his tennis kit to go and play tennis i was constantly pushing my son outside first see what a real what a real man does what a real man looks like such an incredibly disciplined um incredible individual and i think it's powerful that you can share um something like that and so you don't know who's listening and the fact that they can any everybody goes through these things in life and and just that they know that this man can also have an a, a panic attack and it's not just for me who is just so weak and incompetent yeah, that's, that's yeah, powerful yeah, yeah. yeah. and and uh, yes we've unfortunately we are running out of time but i'd like our parting shorts to talk about solutions what do you want people that are listening to to know as a parting shot we'll start with you dr mitch I think I'm going to reiterate something you mentioned and, and something that Truer also said that it's it's okay. Remember, those were the opening statements mm-hmm. that we made. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where it should all start with, that it's okay 
to have challenges. Mm -hmm. It's okay to be vulnerable. And it's okay to have problems in your life because we, we, are, we are not invincible. Mm -hmm. But now that we understand that it's okay, mm -hmm. I think it's important for us as parents, us as relatives, mm -hmm. us, us as a community mm -hmm. to have structures and systems in place for people to engage with when they do have challenges. Mm -hmm. And spaces, I think you, you called it very nicely a safe space. And let's try to see if we can come up with various levels of safe spaces. Mm -hmm. A safe space which is closer to home. Yeah. So as a family, there must be that parent whom the kids can always come back to and say, hey, I'm going through this. And as, as parents, I, I know that you probably got the short end of the stick. Most of us did. And our mm -hmm. parents were not mm -hmm. very gifted with creating safe spaces. Mm -hmm. But the, the the challenge now starts with us. Yeah, right. Can we not now create a place whereby our children can come back to us and say, you know, dad, I'm struggling with this right now. Mm -hmm. how, mm -hmm. how did you deal with it? Mm -hmm. And you need to be honest and, and tell him or tell her that, hey, this, this is how you dealt with it. Mm -hmm. Then above that, in your community, as a, as a men's group, as a, as a church group, as a, as a social club, is there a way that you can inspire young people, young ladies, and give them, you know, a, a mentor-mentee relationship structure whereby I can engage with you if I can't walk to you? Mm -hmm. An idea that Trura could take up is, can you not come up with a digital platform? Can you not come up with, a, with an online system, a, a phone line, which is toll-free? And I'm so, sure so many people would be able to jump on this so I can pick up the phone and just talk to somebody. Yeah. And, and 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 give yeah. solutions and and above all man i think i think the responsibility falls heavily into the church and and you know they see how much people are struggling in their communities mm -hmm. can we not do more as the church mm -hmm. to be able to help young men and young women to be able to to to, to help solve their problems okay cool cool and leona your parting thoughts my parting thoughts um first of all to women i i pose a question are you a safe space for your partner? Are you a safe space for the men in your life? Right? And, and, and do you perceive yourself to be a safe space or can you really look within and find if you are indeed a safe space? All human beings have a basic need to be seen and to be heard. Just like you want to be seen and heard, so do the men in your life. They're not asking you to fix. They're not asking you to do, just to hold space and at the very most ask questions and understand, then you can be a person who they can come to when they're in distress. Because if the statistics are anything to go by, then we can understand that they are in distress as often as we are, or maybe even more because of the amount of pressure um, on them to provide and protect. It is imperative that we create space spaces as women for men to be vulnerable and to men there is nothing manly. This toxic mas masculinity thing is not attractive. And if it's attractive, it's not helping you as an individual, right? There is nothing manly about suffering in silence. You don't have to suffer in silence. Most of my clients are not mentally ill people. They're just people who process their thoughts with me. That's a good way of putting it, right? Just mm -hmm. 
process your thoughts. My job as a clinical psychologist, I'm a behavior scientist, my job is to listen for cognitive distortions, to listen to your story, not really to enjoy or not enjoy, mm -hmm. but to listen for what is it in there that is a perception. I'm drawing up a perception that is leading you to, to dysfunction, right? Mm -hmm. It's just a safe space to process your thoughts, process your thoughts whatever it is that you're repressing is not going to go away. It's just going to manifest as something else. It's courageous to do so. Mm -hmm. It is incredibly difficult, incredibly difficult, you know, but the other option is not as attractive at all. As, <laughs> at all. <laughs> so that's, that's yeah. that. Cool. Thank you guys. Thank you so, so much for, this has been an insightful conversation. There's stuff I'm listening to and I'm just like, you know what, especially the whole thing of being a safe space. I need to check or myself and seek. And sometimes yeah. I think we think, oh, lovers, that's the first thing, yeah. but am I a safe space for my brother, for my father, mm. for my cousins, for my, am I a safe space? And that for mm. me is like, I need to ask myself that question for real, for real, for real. And by mm. the way, in case you're listening and you want to find help, uh, in the description uh, box for the t uh, for the podcast, whether it's on Spotify, Google, uh, Google Podcasts, or even on Simplecast, where you get your uh, you or you listen to this. We're just. I'm just gonna make sure I put links or just places or resources where right now, especially in Uganda, you can actually get some help, ideas, and places, and maybe even phone numbers. If I can get phone numbers, I'll splash them there in the description box. And uh, guys, uh, men, you're not alone. You're doing this thing called life. You got this. Okay. Bye bye. Until the next episode. Bye guys. Yo. <laughs> peace out. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>